Have we witnessed Edge's last match ever or just his last match in WWE? Interesting. Interesting what we saw on the show tonight. Celebrating 25 years of Edge in WWE. And they closed out the show with making you feel like we might have just seen the last of Edge, at least in WWE. We'll dive into that. We'll dive into the unfortunate news surrounding AEW's Cash Wheeler today. And we got the rest of the show we got to get into. Welcome to Smack Talk here on the Sportskeeda Wrestling Facebook page and the Wrestle Binge by Sportskeeda YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for joining us here today. Make sure to get your comments in for Dutch. Make sure to get your questions in for Dutch. We'll answer as many of them as we can throughout the show. Uh, does anybody know if Super Chats are working this week? If, they, if they're working, send them in. That's the way to guarantee that you'll get your comment read. Uh, Raju, hopefully if you're in the chat, you can let me know if those are actually working, and I'll send the message over to our fine folks. Dutch, how are you doing this Friday evening? I'm doing damn good. I sit Fire down. I watched the show, and it wasn't a bad show. I mean, I mean, we'll talk about it during during the time allotted here, but not a bad show. So I'm thinking about WWE show as compared to an AEW show. The production is not even comparable. I mean, WWE just literally blows them away. When it comes to production, hey, what's the third guy on the table? What's his name? Uh, you got announcer. You got Kevin Patrick, who's in the lead chair. Michael Cole, and then Corey Graves. Oh my God! I don't know if I can listen to him for. I mean, the three men. I always hated three men mm -hmm. because I think they step all over each other, and uh, it's just constant. And they're not promoting a lot of stuff when they're talking. They're just talking. I mean, settle, settle down, guys, and let me enjoy. Let me enjoy the show. I watched the show a long time ago. It's from England. They had one announcer, and but the matches, the match that he called, you could enjoy them because when they do something, instead of saying, instead of saying, "Oh, tremendous clothesline," well, you just saw it. You know, it's mm -hmm. you saw it the same way he did, but he would let it sink in, let it breathe. Then he'd go back to calling the match. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But not on SmackDown. Hell, they're not going to let you have a second. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's where I think sound in it. And that's where I think it, it's it's too much. Sid, right? did, he said, did he interrupt me? He just jumped all over me, didn't he? I, I was talking all of a sudden. He guns. Okay. Pretty sure he did. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. See, I this is why I've always hated the three-man booth. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to uh, remove Dutch from the equation here. Uh, you know, just real quick. Uh, he took me um, out. He took me out. I'm kidding. Come back. Passage. It, it's, it's difficult because I feel like whether they're doing it subconsciously or not, like all three guys are trying to have a big enough role to justify having three announcers on a two-hour show. And that, that, like, I can almost, you could say that having three announcers on a three-hour show is worth it, right? Like, because you're, you, you're talking so much on a three-hour show. Two-hour show just flies by, and it feels like they're trying to cram too much stuff in. And Dutch, to your point, I do think Kevin Patrick tries to focus too much on the moves themselves and calling out what they are and naming them and saying literally what we just saw. It's not radio. It's television. We saw it. Michael Cole, I think, is there to try to develop him to say, hey, look, you're there to drive the story forward because Michael Cole, every time he's talking, 
it's always some kind of storyline aspect to it. Or to give you the attendance. I heard that attendance tonight 14 times. 16,121. I got it. Oh. I got it, Mike. You got a lot of people in there. I, I, 90, you know, 91,000 tickets sold. 91,000 tickets sold for WrestleMania today, SP3. You, you almost think like there's some other company out there who's touting some 80,000 tickets that were sold for a certain event that's coming up 10 days, uh, eight days from now. You think, right? You think that's the case. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's not like they have two events to sell all those tickets for. So, you know, uh, great stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I get what you're talking about with the commentary table. But I would say this week, Kevin Patrick actually did a good job. I think they probably told him that they wanted Shut him to up. talk more. To talk, no, they wanted him oh, to talk, talk more this this uh, this week because some weeks it's like I don't even realize he's there because Michael Cole and Corey Graves are dominating commentary so much. This week it was Michael Cole that kind of took a back seat, and I was like, "Is Michael Cole there this week?" But don't don't you miss guys like Bobby Heenan and Jerry Lawler? I mean, they were the color guys. And they would add to it. One was serious and the other was kind of bullshit. I think the problem with Kevin Patrick is he's trying to be like two different kinds of commentators. He's trying to be Michael Cole, but he's also trying to be Excalibur. Excalibur is the guy who, who knows all the moves that can, can that can announce all the moves, and he's very good at that. And that's why he can be the play-by-play guy. You can wrestling is great when you can get a guy who knows the moves and knows what it means and knows that what uh what what that move has done in the past in previous matches between the two guys. They don't always do that in WWE, and Michael Cole doesn't always do that in WWE. So I like that as a change of place when I listen to like Kevin Kelly and Ian Riccoboti when I listen to New Japan or AEW Collision. I like that. But when it comes to WWE, yeah, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to drive the story. But that doesn't mean that Kevin Patrick announcing the moves is a detriment to him. It's because that he's trying to split both hairs and do two things at once is where he has the problem. And I, and I also feel like it's taking him a little bit to come out of his shell and show off more of his personality coming from, you know, a CNN background or a, or a news, you know, background no, where, no. you know, WWE doesn't, WWE does not want you to show your personality. Like it, it took, it took Michael Cole 25 years to show his real personality. <laughs> oh, the, what I'm saying is now, now they would want that's him. Because, to show. That's because no. he doesn't have a personality. No. Look, look at Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph is the prototype. Vic Joseph is a guy who's really good at what he's doing, but he's being reprogrammed to be Michael Cole. <laughs> like, that's what they want. They want someone, Michael Cole, they want the Michael Cole that we got for 25 years before we got this Michael Cole. They want that. That's the that's the type of lead announcer that they're building here. Okay, Rick, yes, I want to hear some scoops. Give me some dirt here so we can talk about it. I, I have what happened in, in Orlando two weeks ago? I'm not I'm not a scoops guy. Let's let's start off before we dive into that. OK, before we dive into that, let's start off with the man of the night because everybody's in the chat, you know, talking about edge. Uh, this was his night tonight on SmackDown. Twenty five years in WWE. A lot of lead up to this. Uh, he made some headlines when he was on. I think it was a radio show or TV show in Toronto. Uh, and he made it known. Hey, look, this is my last match. 
under my current WWE contract. And he did not, he could not say whether it would be his last match, period. Right. So he just said, All I can tell you is it's my last match under my WWE contract. And immediately people start thinking, Oh, it's a work or this, that. You know how WWE fans will, will get with everything. But from the start of this show tonight, like it really felt like they were building it up as a, a, a goodbye uh, to Edge. They had these wonderful video packages that were put together with superstars of the past and, and present. John Cena was involved in that. Undertaker was involved in that. Some of his biggest rivals throughout his career. Uh, these really nice video packages were put together. And then, you know, just the natural reactions of Edge when he came out to the ring tonight. He, he's soaking in the adulation of the fans. He's looking around the arena. He's really trying to live in the moment. And maybe that's just Edge being a great performer and trying to sell the moment. But the second they captured Beth Phoenix on screen and she is already bawling and the kids are at the ringside, I'm sitting here, I'm going, oh, shit, maybe this is really for real. Maybe this is his final last hurrah here. I thought he and Sheamus had a, a great match uh, tonight. Great false finishes there with Sheamus hitting the brogue. Edge kicks out. Edge hits the spear. Sheamus kicks out. And then Edge hits the spear as Sheamus goes for the brogue and gets the win. Toronto loved this. They soaked it up tonight. Uh, SP3, let's start with you. What did you think about Edge's performance tonight? And do you think we've seen the last of him in WWE? Do you think we've seen the last of him in pro wrestling? Or do you think he comes back there? I think there's three options. They're all on the table right now. I think that this matchup tonight was great. I thought it was a great way to close out the show that I was kind of in the middle on before the main event, but this made it a thumbs up show because this was kind of what they were built in the show to show around. So this had to deliver for it to be a thumbs up show. And it definitely did. And uh, I didn't, I wouldn't even say like Beth Phoenix and all of that uh, during the matchup. I knew that uh, this, this was going to be Edge's last WWE match. Is when they did that video package where Kevin Owens said, When you came back, you were one of the guys that I wanted to wrestle. When he said that, I was like, Oh, okay. Y'all are basically telling us that this is. This is the last one. This is the last, last one for WWE, that's for sure. That's what I believe. I think that it is his last WWE match for now. I don't know if it's his last WWE match <laughs> ever. I think it's his last WWE match for now. And no, I would not be surprised if he showed up in AEW. And no... I would not be surprised if we start hearing reports that there is some type of pact between Adam Copeland and another person we're going to talk about and Dax Harwood and the best heel in the business, Christian Cage, to do Edge and Christian versus FTR. I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'll say. Frantic World asking you guys think Edge, a.k.a. Adam, will pop up at AEW uh, All-In in London. Um, I feel like that might be a little too soon. Uh, Christian's not on the card as of yet, right? At this time, he's not on the All-In card that we know about. Obviously, Dax and Cash are for the moment, but that's now up in the air. So I, I would say it's too soon for All-In. Although, if you would, Tony Khan would definitely quell 
uh, some of the uh, concerns of this show doesn't feel big enough if freaking Edge walked out there and made his AEW debut in front of uh, 80,000 fans. Uh, Dutch, what did you think about uh, the match tonight and the possibility that Edge might be done uh, in WWE? Great buildup. They delivered what they promised. It was his, I mean, if it was his last match, a great send-off. I think him and Sheamus turned in a very controlled uh, match. And the people were totally on top of it. Uh, great shots of the wife and the kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you could almost, you could feel it in the air because if this is going to be his last match, what a way to go out. So, and then when it ended, the only thing I would have added to it is when it was finished, I would have I sent the wife and kids in the ring with him and hugged him. I didn't made a little careful emotional moment uh but they didn't need it but it would have been a a a nice little touch is he done never say never in this business because now he's got a blank check to go wherever he wants to go and the only place is gonna put enough zeros on that blank check would be uh tony khan at aew Uh, i think him showing up in london is too soon way too soon uh, but we'll see. Hey, I don't know the answer. Neither one of us know the answers. Hell, he may not even know the answer right now. But whatever happens, he will. People will know about it, and it, it will it, it will have an effect, a big effect. I was gonna say, Tony Khan, as we know, is a huge fan of professional wrestling. A uh, huge fan uh, of me. The past. Probably you as well, Dutch Mantel. Uh, I'm sure unless he's heard some of your comments on this show, which I'm sure he has. Uh, but regardless, <laughs> you're telling me Tony Khan is not looking at the possibility. You say Edge and Christian versus FTR. You're telling me Tony Khan may have an opportunity to do Edge and Christian versus the Hardys one final time, and he's not salivating at the idea. He's already got three of the four under contract. I never said he was. He didn't want it. I said it's, oh, maybe too soon. I don't, I don't know. That. Yeah. No, what I'm what I'm saying is that I heard that from a little birdie. Mm. I, I just heard a birdie that told me that there is some type of agreement between friends to do that match. Mm. Okay. Well, it could always okay. be a one-off. The question is, like, what would what would Edge's AEW name be? <laughs> like, he can't. He would he just go out there as Adam, Adam Edge? Edge. Adam Copeland and and Adam Edge. Or, you just have to get. You can use the Edge name. Just Adam Edge Copeland. Just <laughs> you. Just you just can't use Edge. That's it by itself. But there, you can use things around that. There's there's part of me that is sitting here because SP3, you and I talked about this when Ed, when Christian came back and made his comeback <sighs> a year after Edge did, and we got that fantastic moment in the Royal Rumble, and then Christian left. And then he showed up in AEW. I felt robbed at the fact that both of these men came back from what we thought were career-ending injuries, and we weren't going to get at least one more Edge and Christian match. As much as I want to see that actually happen and get a reunion, especially in front of fans, because when Christian came back, that was the, the pandemic Royal Rumble. Um, man, Edge, after 25 years... Well, us only seeing him in WWE, it would feel weird to see him in another wrestling promotion. That's not a knock against AEW Impact. And it would just feel weird to watch that man 
wrestle for anybody else other than WWE. I don't know if anybody else feels similarly, similarly like I do, but it would just, it would feel awkward. I'm not saying I would hate it. I'm just saying it would feel weird to me. I, it wouldn't for me. He's not one of those guys for me. I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> everybody else, but like from his generation, I would say John Cena, Randy Orton. Those are guys that I would say, oh, if I ever see them not in WWE, that would be weird. Uh, you know, even sure, even, from, even from like, you know, like, yeah. And it, it's be, it, and it's mainly because. When you look at the guys he came up with, the TLC three, all of them had runs outside of WWE. So he's the only one left. He's like, and that's what makes it weird. He's the outlier. No, it doesn't make it weird. It makes it something that needs to be fulfilled. Honestly, (laughs) as an Edge fan, as an Edge fan, as a longtime Edge fan, like watching that video package tonight. I and watching, you know, the 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 beginning vignettes and how I was like, I remember being a kid and I was so interested in this guy. And then the Edge and Christian, they were my gateway to be loving heels in this business and that five second pose. So as a longtime Edge fan for over two decades, I need to see this, people. I'm sorry, I'm gonna be selfish. I need to see just one match. Just give me one match. I'll be fine. It doesn't need to happen again. If he wants to show up in, in Wembley and have that one match and get it done there, shoot. He could come back to WWE in a month. I don't care. But Michael Call your well, the name, of, the name of the business, the name of the business is professional wrestling. And if Tony Khan waved some figures in front of him, he'd be an idiot not to take it. Yeah. So uh, and, 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 and and screw my screw my feelings if it feels weird or not. He doesn't care. You get over that weirdness in about ten minutes. Sure. So when you when you see him there, but I hope he does. He'll do what's right for him and his family and the rest of his career. But I've enjoyed him too. Really, he's great. A great talent in that ring. Uh, Cole Ashley Richard saying he has no reason to go AEW. He has many reasons to go to AEW. That yeah. fat check being one of them. But two, the fact that. The man's done literally everything that he could ever hope to accomplish in the professional wrestling business. If he wants to just go have fun with his buddies in the one place where it's actually possible to do that, if he wants to wrestle with Christian again, if he wants to wrestle FTR, if he wants to wrestle uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy again, guys, there's only one place that he can do that, and it's not in WWE. Dax and Cash signed for five years. Uh, and they're saying that's their last one. Uh, Christian's still under contract. Uh, Matt and Jeff are both still under contract. Like, if he wants to go do that, he's got to make that jump over to AEW. Now, of course, um, the future of Cash Wheeler, unfortunately, may be uh, in question, or at least the immediate future of Cash Wheeler. Now, um, I saw a lot of people today going, the first thing out of a lot of people's mouths were, is he going to be at all in? This is a big major match. Is he going to be at all in? Let's let's pump the brakes on that, right? Because there there's some other like real world ramifications, some real world shit uh, that is much more important than whether or not a professional wrestling match is going to take place. But uh, it was kind of shocking today, uh, broken by the Orlando Sentinel first, uh, that Cash Wheeler was arrested and arraigned in Orange County, Florida today on a charge of aggravated assault with a firearm. Now, that sounds extraordinarily bad, right? Um, And it does. And I have read the police report, and it's not a great read. But I think people will hear aggravated assault with a firearm and 
think that maybe he fired some shots. Maybe he pistol whipped somebody. As far as we know, in the police report, there was no actual physical contact uh, with anybody. It was simply a road rage incident, alleged road rage incident in which Cash is accused of pointing a gun at another driver. Now, in the state of Florida, that carries the weight of an aggravated assault charge, which is a felony. It is a very serious allegation. Um, and yeah, man, it not passing. So what happened? Innocent until proven guilty. So what happened, according to the police report, is the driver who filed the report saw a Jeep Cherokee, I believe it was, uh, weaving in and out of traffic, driving like a bat out of hell. This driver uh, pulled over to the right side, and then the Jeep Cherokee, instead of going off to the left and passing, decided to go onto the shoulder and pass him. And as he was flying by him on the right side on the shoulder, the driver said he saw a bearded man pointing a semi-automatic handgun out of the window at the driver. The driver obviously slammed on the brakes, slowed down to get out of the way of that, and they both just happened to get off at the same exit. Driver took the the license plate shot and then filed the police report, and you know, cops did their investigation and ultimately it led them to to Cash Wheeler. So that is the those are the accusations. Obviously, very serious accusations. Thankfully, nobody was injured, and this this it wasn't any worse, but. Um, innocent until proven guilty, Dutch. But this is um, okay, well, this is coming at a terrible time, and it, it's it's serious charges. It, it it won't keep him out of UK because there's nothing to keep him out of UK on because he hadn't been convicted. Just because he's charged doesn't mean he can't leave the country. No, that match will take place, and nothing will happen about this. It's one guy's word against another guy. And whether he saw a gun or not, again, that's I didn't have it. I did. I saw it. So uh, I think they're just going to I think they're going to throw it out. Because, well, but if, if he shouldn't, if he had a gun, he got to watch that. I mean, you can't be hot headed like that because who knows? You may not intend to use yours, but another guy that has one might intend to use his. So playing like that on the highway, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend. So I don't think anything will happen over there. It reads a lot worse yeah. than it actually is. So, yeah. SP3, your reaction? Uh, yeah. When you, when you read everything out there, I, I just saw the report kind of around 1030 a.m. when uh, the Orlando Senatal kind of released everything when there was a, a lot of information. We just knew that he was arrested. Then more information came out about it happening about oh, nearly a month ago now, because next week is the end of August. And this happened at the end of July, July. beginning. Of, yeah. So, yeah. So. Not the best look and not the best timing for all of this to come out. And especially with all the drama and such a weird week when it comes to AEW, when it comes to up and down news, when it comes for AEW, this is up there with a lot mm. of their weeks in 2022 with all the information that came out about CM Punk and all the drama that he was causing with AEW collision. Then you got, then you got all of that. Then you got also uh, all in selling 80,000 tickets becoming, uh, you know, the, the, uh, highest gate ever for a European show in wrestling history. So 
the they have good news, they have bad news, and then they have this, which is just looks like a monstrosity. If it can go wrong, if he gets charged with anything, he can be denied to go out of the country. That sure. is the fact of the matter. It can happen. It is a possibility. Do I think it's gonna happen? No. Am I hoping it's gonna happen? No. I want to see this match go down. This is one of the two matches the show has been built around. So this would really kind of just to and it, they already have been behind the eight ball already with all in with all the injuries and people not being able to show up early on in the build and why the build has kind of felt kind of haphazard and why this past week's dynamite was just angle bonanzas with all of the angles being the same basically throughout the whole entire show. So that was a mess. So all in, they have been behind the eight ball already with that. So this is just adding to an already kind of co uh, combustible kind of situation in AEW right now. Yeah. When I read the police report this morning, honestly, I, I felt like I was going through deja vu because for those of you who don't know, my main job is as a news anchor and reporter in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we literally just went through a four day trial with Bengals running back Joe Mixon, who was accused in January of brandishing a handgun in a road rage incident in downtown Cincinnati. Very similar uh, type of situation. And the difference for me here is uh, Florida law versus Ohio law. I don't know how that's going to affect anything, but Joe Mixon was only charged with a, a misdemeanor count of aggravated menacing. He allegedly cut this lady off. Uh, he flashed a handgun, made a threatening comment like, I should pop you, the cops can't catch me, and then drove off. And this was actually on his way to the team flight and then the next day he ran for 105 yards against the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round of the playoffs, right? So, you know, if that's what you know, gets them crazy, all right, whatever, still. But at the end of the day, they had video of it. They had eyewitnesses. They had all of this. Um, and they still found him not guilty on Thursday because they were not able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he actually brandished a handgun and said what he said. If he'd have done that in Florida, they'd already give him six months in isolation. Um, they don't play around down here. Yeah, but so. yeah, so I I don't know what the <laughs> difference is between between cash, but like like you said, Dutch, that's just one example. These he said, she said, or he said, he said yeah. cases. It's really hard to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, and that seems to be literally the get out of jail free card for some of these folks. So yep. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Do I think for a second that Tony Khan is going to pull Cash Wheeler from All In? Hell no. Uh, would I put money on the Young Bucks winning that match? Hell yes. I would put money down. I would, you know? I would do that. I would do that. Especially if he hasn't, if he's, if he's going to be charged and he just hasn't been charged just yet before the show. Then the, the wise decision, Tony Khan, is uh, Young Bucks win this trilogy. Yeah, because uh, at least Joe Mixon had the offseason to kind of like deal with all his legal issues. Maybe you should take FTR off of TV for a little bit or at least cash and let Dax and uh, Dax and Punk keep doing their thing on uh, collision. Go ahead, Doug. What uh, are the matches that are advertised for? That for you all in. Uh, so for you got uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW tag yep. team titles. Your main event is Adam Cole and MJF for the AEW world title. You have a four way for the women's championship between Hakura Shida, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, who else is in that match? Soraya and. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. 
It's Dr. Bitbreaker, uh, DMD, Hikarashita, Tony Storm, and Soraya. Tony Storm and Soraya. And uh, we're going to have Stadium Stampede. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club is going to be involved in that one. And there's a few others that have actually been announced. CM Punk for Samoa Joe is supposed to be on this card. So th- honestly, I like what Tony Khan has done and the fact that he's really taking their biggest show ever and showcasing the full-time talent that they have, Dutch. It's like, hey, look, here's what we have on a regular basis. We're going to put them out there on the grandest stage. And most of the complaints that I've heard about from people is it doesn't feel like a grand grand show. It doesn't feel like a spectacle because they're not bringing in these big part-time names or celebrity appearances, which is kind of like the same reason, same people who would complain about WrestleMania being about the Brock Lesnar's and the Logan Pauls. I've been seeing a lot of that. And it's like, you can't have it one way or, or the other. I like the fact that they're focusing on the main ro- on the main roster talent that they have currently. Well, he sold how many tickets for a one-day show? 80,000. So the people in the UK are telling Tony Khan, okay, we want to see your stuff. So hopefully you keep bringing it. So I I think that the the main matches have been uh, well booked, but I will say that if Tony Khan had had his way and we had luck, not be against us and we would have got what was reported to be Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson too yeah. on this card. I think everybody would not be complaining as much if that was on the card instead of Kenny in, in a trios matchup. And why that's a that point because, because there's why nothing didn't that make the, why, why didn't they make the card? Brian Omega Danielson and, has a broken arm. Okay. Yeah. So he I've quit hurt. watching the show, so I don't know. And I was glad to not watch that show. So, yeah, uh, he <laughs> he fractured his forearm uh, about as clean or not fractured. He thought it was a fracture at first. He broke that some bitch in half, uh, and still wrestled another twelve minutes versus uh, versus Okada at uh, Forbidden Door. Let's go to the uh, top of the uh, SmackDown show. We start off with the Grayson Waller effect, gentlemen. And uh, I felt like Grayson was in a groove tonight. He seemed like he was having a lot of fun, really enjoying himself with the crowd. Uh, made the cheeky little comment to, to Beth Phoenix sitting in the front row. Uh, his guests tonight are Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, and he's immediately trying to create the controversy, saying that Rey stole Santos's opportunity, stole the United States title. Uh, we get Austin Theory out there interrupting, saying he got played, wants Adam Pierce to give him his belt back. Pierce comes down, but he's immediately interrupted by L.A. Knight. The Toronto crowd goes absolutely insane, and that sets up a Austin Theory versus L.A. Knight number one contenders match. Before we get to the match themselves, uh, the match itself, I thought this was a pretty hot opening tonight. It made it feel like the United States title was in a bigger spotlight than it's been at least since before WrestleMania. Dutch, what did you think about the open? Oh, I like the open. and I knew they were going to bring L.A. Knight out there somewhere because of his reception, put him on first. That warms that crowd up. They stayed warm, and they did a finish out of it that uh, programs L.A. not farther along, and we'll see where that leads. But I guarantee you, what's the next big pay-per-view they got? Payback, September 2nd in Pittsburgh. You think they'll put the title on uh, L.A. not there? or? Well, uh, I don't think so, no. Because I think it, LA- they're work- that's what they're working for, so I don't know when they're going to do it, but – yeah, it's 
he says it's going to happen eventually. Uh, SP3, I feel like it has to happen eventually. But we get the Miz that comes down here because the Miz is now allowed on every show since he's feuding <laughs> with LA Knight, who's allowed on every show, and Michael Cole's on every show. So that was the Miz's excuse. I did like him on commentary tonight. I thought he had some what good lines. What are the rules? <laughs> what are the rules? Welcome to the WWE SP3 where the rules are made up and nothing matters. So the Miz is out there on commentary. You knew eventually this was going to lead to some kind of interference in the match. Now, I thought it would lead to a disqualification. It did not uh, because, unfortunately, L.A. Knight just became the the latest in a long line of people to suddenly uh, come down with dumb baby face syndrome. It can strike at any time, anywhere, and it hit even the megastar tonight as he spent way too much time trying to throw the Miz over the top rope. Ended up getting rolled up, grabbed the tights. Austin Theory <laughs> wins. Uh, so he gets another shot at Rey Mysterio. So I'm a little conflicted by this because Dutch, yes, you're right. Uh, it's one of these things where he got screwed. He got cheated. They're trying to get more fan support behind him. I see people in the chat saying more 50-50 booking, WTF. Uh, at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm watching this opening segment and I'm going, okay, there, there's some options here. They could do Grayson Waller and Rey Mysterio. They could do Santos Escobar and Grayson Waller. There's a lot of options surrounding the United States Championship. And then SP3, by the end of this match... We're right back to Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory again, and Austin Theory challenging for the United States title. Now, that may change, but as of right now, this this match, after a great opening promo segment, felt very paint-by-numbers. I mean... <laughs> oh, I, I mean, like that endorsement. I like every, that endorsement. Every, everybody, everybody's been very positive about this show so far, so I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I had some issues here. First of all, <laughs> what is what is with WWE that every overact in this company has to have dissension? Judgment Day, Bloodline, LWO. Now that he's in LWO, really? Now it's Santos. Santos is, is breeds jealous. jealousy. Santos jealous Success of breeds jealousy. Can we get one group in this company? That's all right. Even Imperium is teasing dissension. Like, can we get one group that just gets along and it's over? The reason I'm I'm specifying and it's over because I know somebody out there will remember the OC is on this ro is on this roster here is on oh. this even though they were on tonight's show they get along just fine but they're not over. I mean, no, I, I was gonna say New Day personally, <laughs> but that's that's like the one. That's a tag team. <laughs> well, Biggie's the Biggie's still a part of the group. He's just not. I mean, I mean, he's not here. He's not here. Even Dakota's here. Dakota's injured. She's here. She's not here. Damage control. They they don't they they don't get it. They teasing dissension. You didn't hear commentary tonight. They were saying, oh, people are saying Bailey's jealous of 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 EO. I was like, every group, every group that's over. Literally, they have to tease dissension. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a trope. <laughs> why why are we relying on this trope? So I wasn't too thrilled with that being kind of the point of the conversation between Grayson Waller and LWO. Uh, Austin Theory, I thought he came all right off all, all right here. He was, he's a heel. He comes off annoying. He's young. And LA Knight was great. LA Knight was the best part of that promo segment. As far as the match, it was just fine. The finish, uh, Miz and LA Knight, I'm just like, this feels like they're giving that's LA a, Knight. That's a fill-in. That's a fill-in. 
Exactly, that's a but two, it, that's, that's Dutch, a it, feels, deal. it feels like they're giving they're giving our boy LA Knight the NXT babyface call up starter pack. That's what every babyface that gets well, called up from NXT they feud with the Miz, and then eventually they they move up from there. And, that, and y'all, yep, he's been here for almost a year. What are we doing? Well, LA Knight just started his push two weeks ago. <laughs> Exactly. LA Knight is going to get there, and I guess they want to give him a win over the Miz to give both of them something to do for a while. And that's the way it's going to go. I I think most of the wrestling fans watching this, they kind of understand it too, like we do, and said, oh, more the same, more the same. What I found interesting about the match was that clothesline over the top (laughs) that LA Knight wanted to give Miz. And he finally got him off. I think Mrs. Suit Coat worked against him on that one, unfortunately. Uh, something. Uh, he was too. He was too high, or so it, it didn't work. But they got through it. So, and sometimes things like that, you notice them, but they, they at least they at least pull it off. But, and I agree. Uh, say what now? I said they had a few of those on this show of like. Yeah, they did that. Muse. Yeah, we'll yep. we'll get we'll get to the next one here that I know you guys are going to want to talk about. But before we move on from this, uh, and by the way, Rey Mysterio versus Grayson Waller was announced for next week's SmackDown, so I think there's at least a chance. And there were reports today that Triple H has a, a big triple threat match planned for Payback. Maybe we get instead of Austin Theory versus Rey Mysterio, maybe it's Austin Theory, Rey Mysterio, and uh, Grayson Waller that is uh, mixed into that matchup as well. We'll see what happens uh, after that match next week. Uh, that would be a good spot uh, for Waller to give uh, his rub to everybody. But I did find it interesting tonight because we got got some video packages on the Bloodline Dissension, right? Uh, the, the the meltdown and everything that happened last week. Jay Uso quitting WWE. We found out from Paul Heyman that. Um, Jimmy will be back next week on SmackDown. But throughout this promo that I thought was just it was it was really, really good. And you could just see how much Paul Heyman likes working with Kayla and, you know, poking at her and, you know, pushing her buttons and this, that and the other thing. But the fact that Paul Heyman is taking shots at L.A. Knight. Is, is that like a, a look into the crystal yep. ball, a look into the future sure here? Um, at some point? Some sure point is. they're going to cultivate that and come back to that. Oh yeah, that's the key. When when he's when he's endorsing him is what he's doing by even mentioning his name. So he's mentioning his name with the top star. So that means La Knight is on his way because we knew that anyway. It's just when. So, and I'm glad tonight that they didn't push that bloodline story more because I think last week left a lot to be desired. So they're going to let that die down. Then they're going and then they got another week to think about it and how they're going to bring it back together. Because I don't think that that whole finish last week really actually worked like they thought it would work, but let it die down. But I mean, the the story's not dead. They just got to bring it back to where it's believable again. And still, there's a lot of things they can do in that. I did like the Paul Heyman interview tonight. It was, and you know, and you know what's it the was proof hilarious. Of, you know what's the proof of what you're saying, Dutch, is uh, the way they did the edit of the of the Jimmy Uso promo, where they mm-hmm. they're re- basically trying to retcon the the SummerSlam turn. 
the SummerSlam turn. This man did that turn with no remorse, with 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 malice to him, and then turned around five days later and said, "I did it because I love you." It wasn't. It wasn't like Shawn Michaels giving the super kick to Ric Flair when he gave the super kick to, to Jay. He could have been like, could have showed the emotion like he didn't really want to do it and then do it. That changes everything and it makes what he says on SmackDown make sense. I was like, I thought of that over the last week. I was like, there's so many problems with that segment. I agree with Dutch. Yeah. It was a wise decision to let it die down and just do this Heyman promo this week. Well, I'm interested to see what they come back with. How they're going to put this back together, put it back on the tracks. Because I think right now it, it went off the tracks a bit, so they got to put it back on. So we'll see. Uh, Ozzy asking, did Jay sign with AEW? No, uh, he he did not. Uh, yeah, although I heard, I, heard, I heard he did. Yeah, uh, they did move him to that, the that was, a, that, was a, that was just a rumor, though. They, they did move him to the alumni section of, of WWE.com, uh, but uh, just to let you guys know how accurate that is, I'm pretty sure Sasha Banks is still listed as an active competitor on the SmackDown roster. So, uh, yeah, no, there, there is that. Uh, that does remind me, though, Dutch, somebody else did get moved to the alumni section of WWE.com this week, one Lacey Evans, uh, who said she is I'm, done. I'm, I'm, she is I'm done pissed. with WWE. I'm pissed. Lacey Evans, I was a big fan of hers, but she made somebody mad or made somebody on creative. Uh, they didn't see it, but I think she had all the tools. She had the looks. She had the ability. She had the she had the talk, but somehow nobody somebody didn't like her, or she wanted more. I don't know, but it didn't work out. But I think we'll see her back in the WWE in a couple of years, no matter where she goes. Oh, hey, they finally moved Sasha Banks from the uh, roster page. So there we go. She's not there anymore. But she was there for a long time. Anyway, um, yeah, SP3, I think when it comes to, to Lacey, uh, man, they it was just one too many refreshes after another. And it's like she would finally get a little bit of momentum going. And then it's like they did, would decide to cut bait and, and try something completely different. Like when Triple H took over, she was working. She was a heat magnet. This thing where she was coming down to the ring and commanding respect and saying, you should respect me for what I've done for this country. And I, I demand that you stand. She That's was getting the, some of the loudest boos on the show, some of the biggest reactions of the entire women's division on SmackDown at the time, and then they just pulled it, and they started to bring her back as this Sergeant Slaughter-type character that did not have Sergeant Slaughter's approval, and then it was like, all right, well, we're going to pull you from TV, and apparently Lacey was like, all right, well, I'm just going to ride it out until my contract's over, and now she's Macy something or other. I forget what her new last name is, but she goes from Let me ask you a question. Why would they need Sergeant Slaughter's approval? They don't need it, but no, why would that, I think be, it, why would that I think be important? Fan perception, because you know you're going to have fans that are going to hate it. Uh, that's and, what, to me, I'd have brought Sergeant Slaughter in for one or two shows it. anyway. They either tried or they didn't. I like. I forget that. I think maybe he said in an interview afterwards, like they never even approached me. And I think it's a respect thing. If you're going to basically yeah, give somebody else their, especially Sergeant Slaughter, ask the yeah, damn. They gave, they gave her the clutch. That was like, the other thing. 
It wasn't just it wasn't just the gimmick and the look or just a sergeant gimmick or army gimmick, which she's she's very in her right to do because she Marines, was actually, Marines. She, uh, Marines, yeah. Marines, she actually served, so she's very in her right to do that, but it's the fact that she's doing the corporate clutch. That's yeah. the that's the kind of the cherry on top of you have to have Sergeant Sutler like sign off on it in some way. Uh, let's well, they could have got uh, that done had they wanted to. Uh, Lacey is out of WWE. Yes, yes. Uh, that's uh, as of what we know for sure. Yes. Now WWE is not outright confirmed that she is gone, but a five full select report today did say that uh, a memo was given out to the creative team that they no longer have access. Uh, to Lacey Evans. So I don't know if they're trying to bring her back. I don't know if she's got a non-compete. I don't, you know, whatever. But uh, she is uh, out there promoting herself as former WWE superstar. She has changed her name to Macy Estrella on on Twitter and all of her socials. So uh, it sure looks that uh, she's going to be trying uh, her hand elsewhere uh, and is now out of WWE. A um, lot of time tonight for the women's division. Damage control and a tag team match tonight against Charlotte and Bianca Belair. And until uh, before we go into the finish and the ramifications thereof, you guys alluded to it earlier. There was I thought this match was fun with the exception of that awkward spot in the middle there where they're setting up the obvious hot tag spot. Charlotte dives to, to hit Bianca's hand and misses. And then she just lays there. Um, and then Bailey is telling EO, go run into the corner, go run into the corner and, and start things that like, and just try to do a spot and not stand there and look stupid. Now I'm not saying this is necessarily Charlotte's fault. It was a loud crowd. <laughs> she didn't know that she missed the hand. Like shit happens in the ring. Dutch, you know that, but this came off very awkward. Seemed like EO didn't know how to kind of get things back on track, uh, with Charlotte at that point, I give a ton of credit to Bailey on the outside for kind of taking that ring general spot and really kind of controlling things and make and getting the match back on track and getting to a hot finish. Uh, this was a hot mess of a spot though. I feel like Jessica Carr should have just said, yeah, you got the tag and moved on with it, but hindsight's 2020. This is just one of those things where, where shit happens Dutch, right? Oh yeah. It, things like that happen. So but the referee, I don't. The referee's not experienced, and Bailey's in there working with some exper in, inexperienced people, and so is Charlotte. So it is what it is. They they tried to make make it work the best they could. Did I miss something? I thought Charlotte and uh, uh, but Bianca Belair, yeah, they were mad at each other. Did I missed something or what? Well, they're, they're, both, they, they're both other. baby faces, Dutch. They're, they're both baby I, faces. I got so that. Now, I got now that. they're like, they're they're one of those respectful teams that that likes each other now. Apparently, after they've gone to war with one another, or at least that's what I'm left to assume here. Uh, as but you see now, wait a minute. If they had left Lacey alone and give her what she wanted, and then have her let her be the damn kind of the super heel, they would have had somewhere to go. Lacey, how big is she? How tall is she? She's pretty tall, right? I, I want to say 5'10", 5'11". I don't know. I, I can look it up. This is highly Googleable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't lose Google. She's 5'8". How much? 5'8". She's well, my height. How big is how, how tall is Charlotte Flair or uh, Bianca? Charlotte's taller than me. I know that. At least with high heels anyway. 
Oh, great stuff. Great. Uh, Charlotte's 5'10. <laughs> Bianca's shorter than me. I know that. And I, Bianca's 5'6, five, 5'7. Five, so there you go. Okay. But anyway, I, that, that's one reason I didn't want them to lose uh, a lady because she could, she could, she could go in there and match up against the girl. Plus, carry heat into the ring. I think she was the heel. But we're, we're through talking about her now. We're through. Uh, so I'll let that go. But anyway, the match was okay. And that's as all, all, I can, all I can say is that it was just an okay match. Now, SP3, there's, there's two things that bother me from a creative standpoint from this match. Because like I said, I had opening was fun. The ending was fun. The middle was a cluster F. But, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes, again, shit happens. But from a creative standpoint, the fact that suddenly Charlotte and Bianca are so just, oh, I'm not going to sit here and say they're lovey-dovey with one another, but they're okay with one another, right? There, there's like, it seems to be like there's no rival. They're, they're lovey-dovey. Like they were, they, they were and, smiling at the end. Okay. Uh, so, like, they're all happy and and palling around and everything is great between them suddenly. You know, this is the first time we've seen them since together anyway since SummerSlam and then why the hell is, is damage control losing this match death taxes and triple H booking his new women's champions to lose to a team that has wrestled twice together and are supposed to be rivals I have major creative issues with this match yep I do too because the match wasn't very good because you know that 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 it, it felt like they were stuck in a matrix like they, they there was a problem in the multiverse and the multiverse just frozen for a second and EO didn't figured out how to get the multiverse back because everything just paused i was like what the hell just happened here and yeah, then exactly. the the finish was just <laughs> like the finish came out of nowhere too where you didn't even get like the hot tag into like the the comeback and stuff it was just you know big boo into the kod one two three right after the tag to bianca bianca didn't even have a comeback bianca did two moves and won the matchup that was it that's it i was like i'm agreeing okay. with you Sam. I mean, I, was I, think, I, was, I don't know who put the match was put together the best it could be, I guess, but they they had too much of the outside influence. I think a lot of people looked at it like I did. Wait a minute, I, I think you supposed to kind of have some dissension with each other. Now all of a sudden they're teaming up. I don't get it. I don't at all. So LSP three Bianca and Flair, they were the only group on the show tonight that didn't have any dissension between them. Apparently, so. Should. Yeah. What the, the hell? Queen, the Queen ST is uh, the best women's <laughs> tag team in the business today, apparently. I like Belair, uh, Belair and Flair. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a rhyme. But anyway. Um, That's corny. You're not Ian Riccoboni. Here's the other thing. Belair and Flair. I like it. I like it. Keep using it, Rick. That was Michael Cole who said that one. Anyway, Michael Cole likes to, to drop his raps uh, on SmackDown, which does give me more appreciation for Ian Riccoboni. Um, here's my other issue with this match, SP3. Um, EO Sky was the fourth wheel in this this mm-hmm. match. She she came off as the I I, I don't know how else to say this off the top of, the the least important superstar in that match. 
which she should have come off as the biggest and she should have won this match. They needed to start off her women's title reign strong and they did not. Now you had Bailey introduce EO sky and say your new women's champion and this, that, and the other thing, but it was Bailey who took control of the match. They obviously wanted to put Bianca and Charlotte over, but I mean, EO it's making me wonder if EO sky, as long as she is still in damage control, which Bailey is the undisputed leader of, if that's going to hinder how she is viewed and how she is booked as the women's champion. No, I think the presentation that they did very well with the introduction of how damage control came out with Bailey and Dakota, and then they gave EO the entrance and she took center stage. And I think, and like, and I, I think you have a point with her kind of being for fiddle in the matchup, but they made up for that with the post match with what they did backstage that kind of put her over more, showed it more of a vicious streak for her reestablishing her as a heel champion. So I think they did good in that. The real issue here, and that no one's going to be talking about, I ain't even see it on Twitter. What happened to Bailey versus Shotzi? Uh, I mean, Michael Cole was the one who mentioned it on Twitter. He was like, what if I just ran up to Bailey and said, hey, look out for Shotzi? Yeah, all of a sudden. Like they just totally scrapped that. The last two weeks, it seems like they totally scrapped that. Now that EO's the champion, they've totally scrapped that as as a storyline. Yeah. Hell, I forgot. I, actually, I've forgotten what happened. I know the girl shaved her head after a loss. Is that it? Uh, well, it came she, out that her sister has been, cancer. Chassie had been stalking her for yeah, weeks. coming at her with clippers and stuff like that. She's been, you what know, the, crazy. That's gone. Forget it. That's what I mean, they do. That's what they do. If, some, if they don't have a plan, I put it off. And then what happens is they go and they don't they don't bring it back and put any thought. So the next week it's actually gone. I mean, and, and it's almost like a spur of the moment booking sometimes, and sometimes that works. But I don't know how much how much how much plans they had for it in the beginning. But yeah, it's it's out of the is out of people's minds now. So well, they would I'm, have to go I'm, back. They would have to actually do maintenance on it to bring it back. I'm going to ask Dust Brantel to teach a class to Tony Khan, Triple H, and Vince McMahon on how to book women's wrestling. Because it seems like <laughs> none of these guys know how to do it anymore. Uh, well, Wait, it, it's not that hard, guys. You just tell a story. And sometimes you tell a story inside of a story and you keep it together. But what happens is they it's scattered out. So once you put it in the shotgun and do the buckshot with it, boom, it goes everywhere. And none will, of it lands. I, I will give them credit. They did give the woman a lot of time on the show. They did. With the they did. So um, thumbs up for I, that. I'll say this much, too, about uh, Triple H. He does, especially with SmackDown, since a two-hour show, the stories almost get booked on a bi-weekly basis. Right. Like one week, it's going to be OK. Here's the AJ Styles carrying cross and a few other things. And then next week, now we're back. Please, to don't ever, don't and, ever bring that back. But you know what I'm talking yeah, don't, about? Like, don't, don't wish that evil on us, please. Rick. Yeah, but please. You know what? You know what I'm trying to say is here's the bloodline they're on every week. And then this all the stories below it are there on a somewhat biweekly basis. Um, and sometimes we've seen. Like, remember that Nikki Cross, Candice LeRae thing that never went anywhere? They would bring that back for like a week 
and then it would disappear and then they'd bring back Nikki Cross like four weeks later and then it would disappear again. So it's like maybe he's just keeping it on the back burner right now. And Michael Cole's comment on commentary was to keep it alive and maybe we'll see Shotzi at payback or something. I don't know, but I wouldn't say Michael Cole's comment tonight makes me feel like that's not dead. And what what was his comment? What was his comment tonight? He looked, I think he either was, I think he was talking to Corey Graves. He said, Hey, what would happen if I just ran over to Bailey and said, Hey, look out there, Shotzi? That was it. So, wait a minute. Oh, I got it now. They're going to do something with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Hey, we'll spend more time trying to go behind the scenes to find out what creative is thinking. Than we do actually sometimes actually analyzing the matches. So who knows what they're going to do? But I will say this regardless of what they're doing, the show was about 10 times better than it was a year ago. It really is. Yes or no? I would agree with you. Yes. Because the storytelling is better, Dutch. And that's, that's, that's the thing. I can sit here and try to look at, I can sit here and try to look. Sid is saying no. Yeah. Well, Sid and I disagree on everything. So it's, it's fine. But no, it was it wasn't better than a year ago. A year a year ago with Triple H just starting out. That was great. This was this was all right. <laughs> this was all right. I, I think you know what he meant. <laughs> but no, but I, I know I know he's talking about the, the division bear, but we gotta realize this is Triple H. He's been here for over a year now. A year ago, it was really, really good when he Triple H first started out. I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Well, we have a naysayer here, Rick. Well, I'll say this much. No, it, it, is, it is better. We used to pick every match apart. Yeah. Because every match didn't mean nothing. That was a year ago. I'm no, thinking. But we can we can we can now judge Triple H to Triple H. We can't we can uh, we got we gotta we've been doing the whole okay, we could compare it to the Visic Man time and Triple H is much better than Visic Man. The bar was at the center of the earth. Let's yeah, stop that's doing not a that. High bar. Let's, let's yeah. compare Triple H to Triple H. And in my opinion, a year ago when he first started out. He was much better. He was trying new things. He was trying to get new fans back involved. And that's the reason why WWE is on a successful run right now is because Triple H was very, very great when he first started out, uh, when he took over in late July and a year ago. We're in August now, ladies and gentlemen. A year ago is his first starting out. We got to compare Triple H to Triple H. And I would say a year ago is better than this. Okay. Yeah. Back, I don't back necessarily when, agree, but it is better you, than a year ago. Back, back uh, when we first started this show, Dutch, yeah, no, that was that was not a very high bar uh, at all. And I think people were just – literally Triple H made like three moves on SummerSlam, and everybody was like, oh, this is instantly better. And like seriously, it, it was like just no-brainer type stuff for sure. Uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about the uh, one match we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Street Profits against the OC. They debut some new gear. They debut a new finisher, which was a spine buster into a, a neck breaker combo. Uh, they get the win. The Profits do and celebrate with Bobby Lashley afterwards. I am wondering, though, how is if this is just kind of the slow integration of a new presentation total for the Street Profits because the music 
and the solo cups and the vibrant entrance and everything doesn't seem to kind of fit the vibe of what they're trying to go for with this with this new group. Anybody else think the same on that? No, I, I, I like their new outfits. I like their new uh, suits they wear out there. I like that. And was there any doubt in anybody's mind when the OC walked out there it was going to get beaten this one at no. all? No. So – I actually, I think the match went more than it should have gone, to tell you the truth, because the Street Profits ate him up. I thought they were. I thought it was over when Montez hit the frog splash. I was like, "Damn, that was a quick squash!" And then it kept going for at least a couple more minutes to debut the new finisher. But uh, I mean, I thought the match was fine. It, it's a win for the Street Profits, which they haven't been getting a lot of those lately. Um, but man, this is going to be a slow build with what they're doing with Lashley, and I'm excited to. I, like I'm, I'm eager to get to the destination at this point. I don't know okay, what it's going to be, but I'm eager to get there. So, they're baby faces, right? Uh, I don't know. They attacked half the damn tag team division, peels or baby faces. So and they technically face uh, baby faces tonight. Yeah, they're what? Yeah. They face. They face their baby heel, faces. heel baby faces. <laughs> they would be the definition of a tweener at the moment. Like yeah. they are just. We don't know. That's the thing. We don't know what they are, SP3. We have no clue what they are. They're two dudes who are hooked up with Bobby Lashley because they want to improve their careers. That's all we really know. I like the new gear. I like the new finisher. Other than that, I mean, I, I, will I remember this in a week? I don't know. No, it was the slowest match of the night because it didn't have my interest. I don't think it had a lot of fans' interest because no. they hadn't done anything, really. So let's see where it leads. Uh, see what they Juan, do next week with it or in the future. Uh, Juan Polino saying bring back Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode is still injured. I believe it was either neck. I believe it was neck fusion surgery that he had. Yeah. He is not going to be cleared uh, for at least until early, sometime in early next year. He is back, though, backstage as a uh, working as a producer yeah. uh, now. So they brought him back in, in some capacity. So I'd love to see Bobby Roode back in a ring one day, but it, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, unfortunately, uh, SP3, so he, which he, he's a producer in the back now. Yeah. What mm -hmm. is, uh, who's the guy that played Brutus Max Mag, Magnus in TNA? What's your name? Uh, Nick Aldo. Oh, What's his name? Nick Aldis. Yeah. Aldo. Is he going to WWE or is he already there? He's gotten a tryout as a producer last week. A tryout as a producer. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. You either can do it or you can't. I don't know. I don't know why they would give him that. But tryouts typically run we'll, a while. I, I think we'll we'll see him in the ring though. He's too good. He's too good a talent to let him waste his. Well, he's got talent anyway. But yeah, I'll put uh, him. I would put him on camera. He's got I mean, five. He's got five, six more good years in the ring. So yeah, at least, kind of at least, at yeah, least. When, when I heard he was coming over as a producer, I'm like. Boy, that just gives me LA Knight is a manager vibes like all over mm -hmm. again. Like, what the hell are we? Thunder Rose as a referee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. SP3, what you got going on, True Heel Heat this weekend? Uh, check out True Hill Heat flagship podcast tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. It will be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, uh, True Draw Josh. We got special guest Blue of For Your Wear, and we're celebrating our six-year anniversary. So come over, celebrate with us, the True Hill Heat flagship podcast. And 
Check it out in like, I think, 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes on the True LE YouTube channel. A preview of New Japan Pro Wrestling All-Star Junior Festival USA, as well as Impact New Japan Pro Wrestling Multiverse United 2. Check out that preview. I'm going there right now. And everybody else needs to go there, too. So if you're trying Appreciate to find you. me, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com, write me and I'll, I'll usually write you back since I'm I'm not doing anything else. You can pick up my podcast on YouTube, Storytime with Dutch. I got 91,000 subscribers. I'm trying to get to 100, so go over there and subscribe so I can try to climb the ladder here a little bit. And you can find me on uh, Facebook and uh, what's that other thing? They got Instagram. I'm on there, but I don't spend a lot of time there. So if you're looking for me and if you won't want to, if you want my book, it is for sale. Just write me, Dirty Dutch Mantel, uh, with two L's at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you. Dutch Mantel's social media is X-rated, so you can find him at X, at Dirty yes, Dutch yes, yes. Mantel. Yeah, you can find me at X. That's very hard to say now, right? No, find me on X. What the hell? I like so, I'm on X. Yeah. That has multiple meanings. So, you know, just throw it out there. I'm on, I'm on X. <laughs> Elon Musk said today I read buying X or Twitter was the best $44 billion he ever spent. <laughs> Not a high bar billion No, $44 billion for that. Oh, my God. Man could have ended world hunger. Uh, you can follow me at Rick Uccino, spelled as you see on the screen there. Uh, next week, uh, big week on my social media feed. I'm going to be dropping interviews with all three members of the Alpha Academy ahead of Chad Gable's big intercontinental title match on Monday. Uh, and then on Wednesday, I will be dropping a conversation with the remarkable Renee Paquette ahead of All In uh, next Sunday in Wembley Stadium, 80,000 people. Uh, and that beautiful card that Tony Khan has put together. We appreciate everybody uh, who has uh, joined us and stayed with us for the entire uh, hour and five minutes of this 45-minute show. Thank you guys so much. We're going to get yelled at for going over, but we had so much to get into. Thank you all for all the comments. Uh, and uh, sorry, I couldn't get to as many of them as I wanted to. But again, we already, we already ran over. Make sure to give this video a thumbs up. Make sure to hit subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the Facebook page as well. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week at 10.05.